Hey there, Changemaker. You're listening to episode 33 of The Eva Show. I'm your host and life coach, Eva Miller. Today, I want to discuss the lies we tell ourselves, and I want to explore what they could possibly really mean and consider how we can leverage them for our personal growth. Uncovering our own bullshit is powerful work. It shows us what's really behind the lies. And when we know what's actually back there, it's easier to know what to do about it because, you know, who wants to waste time and energy walking around with misinformation and false beliefs, am I right? So I'm going to lay some things out on the table for you to consider because our words have the power to shape our lives. I deeply, deeply believe that. And being aware of them is how we direct ourselves to ultimately become who we want to be. So let's get into it. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Eva Miller. As a domestic violence survivor turned life and wellness coach, I'm here to help you fully know your value, reclaim your power, and boldly create the life you love instead of living from someone else's script. So if you're feeling stuck and looking for help, or you just want to be reminded that it's okay to be your unique self in a conforming world, you're in the right place. Don't water down your wild. Step out of the race you never wanted to be in and forge your own path. Let's go. Okay, before I dive in, if you're listening to this as you're driving or while you're at work, I'm going to be laying some stuff down on the table for you to take a look at by asking some questions for you to consider. And you might want to come back later with a notebook or something to just jot them down or to just pause it and give a little more thought and attention to what I'm saying. So, all right. One of the lies we tell ourselves is some variation of no matter what I do or how hard I try, it's never right or never enough. We've all felt this way at some point. And if we're being honest, we would admit that we probably feel this way a lot. And what's behind this lie could be chronic feelings, chronic meaning ongoing, chronic feelings of overwhelm or overload. You know, if you're physically or emotionally exhausted, maybe you need to consider finding ways to scale back or adding in more things that calm you like meditation or breathing. I know it sounds woo and some people think it is, but that kind of stuff can really shift your focus off of the the tizzy that you your brain has worked itself in and kind of bring you back into something, a new space, a better headspace. Plus, we all know that, you know, when you're running on fumes, our emotions are always the first thing that get out of alignment. Something else that might be behind this is that you want or need affirmation from a specific person in your life. Maybe you had a critical parent when you were growing up who made you feel like you couldn't ever measure up. Maybe it's a combination of these things or just something else altogether. But whatever it is, I invite you to get really honest and dig a little. Because sometimes we're comfortable with ourselves where we are, but when someone says something or, or does something or whatever, acts a certain way, kind of makes us think that they're not happy with us the way we are and that maybe we're missing something. And, you know, you can ask yourself questions like, where in my life am I giving the most that I'm able to on a consistent basis? Because this will point you into areas where you're doing well. Do I have an underlying belief that if it's not perfect, it's not worth anything? Am I looking for validation from outside myself when it might need to come from within? You know, it's great if other people love you and celebrate you, but it's vital that you do that yourself. Another question, 
What area could I better serve and care for myself? Where am I out of alignment? Am I taking on too much, even if some people close to me seem to do as much as I do or maybe more? Capacity determines priority. So what's my capacity? Have I reached it? How do I know? What would it look like if I was within my capacity? What would it feel like if I was within my capacity? And what action should I consider taking to course correct? Am I more concerned with looking good to others or actually doing good for those closest to me? Okay, let's go with the next one. Another lie we tell ourselves is, if I could just blank, then I'd be happy. And there, here's a few things. There are problems with this lie, okay? One, if we're always looking for the next thing that we think is going to make everything better, it bypasses the now. Are you really willing to miss out on what's happening around you, the good that's in there along with the yicky parts that you didn't really want or ask for? Did you ever see that movie, Adam Sandler movie? Um, I think it's called Fast Forward, something like that. He had a remote and it allowed him to fast forward through the stuff in life that he didn't like or that was unpleasant. But he realized too late that doing so meant he always he also fast forwarded through the good stuff, too. I liked that movie. It was a little whatever sometimes, but it I, I felt like it really emphasized the cost that comes with thinking if we can avoid something or add something that it would magically make everything better. But honestly, I kind of feel like experiencing the bad leads us to appreciating the good stuff even more. Another problem with this lie is that no one single thing has the power to change everything and make you happy because the things that change our life the most aren't one big giant thing. It's usually a series of small things. So losing that 20 pounds is not going to make you happy if you hate your body. Shoot, losing 120 pounds won't make you happy if you don't like who you are inside. You're just going to hate a skinny person instead of a bigger person. That promotion is not going to make you happy if you feel that the work you're doing is insignificant. And you're not going to be happy if you meet a special someone if you're not at peace with who you are. I know we hear this all the time. Some people think winning the lottery and having more money would make them happy. But I offer to you that money does not solve as many problems as we think it does. Money is an energy and a reflection that shows what we believe. So having more isn't going to make us different people. Having more might elevate our lifestyle. Having more might give us more choices. It might even give us more power, but it's not going to change who we are. In fact, I believe having more money shows us more of who we are already on the inside. Just the same way that a crisis doesn't create character in a person, it reveals it, money does the same. You can be happy at any time in life, whether you're facing small, annoying, frustrating things or big, scary things. And you may have to work harder at being happy. You may have to try harder. You may have to look harder. You may have to change who and what you immerse your ears and your mind in. You can't cheat death, but you can control the level of happiness you experience while you're alive. And another problem with this lie is that it puts the power of your happiness 
in someone or something else's control, which goes back to what I said in the last episode about how you're not responsible for the cards you were dealt, but your obligation is the way you play them. So that's like three, but I'm sure there are more. But for time's sake, we're going to pause and pivot here because the next part is where the real power is anyway. So having said that, what's keeping you from being happy now, right where you're at? Maybe at the root of it, it's that some old wound hasn't healed. And if that's the case, what would it look like if you tended to healing that? And let's just say you got the thing you think you need to be happy. It's worth noting and remembering that sometimes solving a problem creates more problems to be solved. Can we agree about that? Like thinking about cars, the invention of cars solved some problems, right? But it created more problems like procuring materials, teaching the skills needed, and then ultimately finding skilled laborers because the industry grew, expenses that come along with making the car. And then, of course, we had new safety concerns that never existed before cars were made. So all of that is to say that I think it's important to consider how having the thing you think you need to be happy might actually affect you, your life, your financial situation, your mental wellness, and your relationships. Because you might be looking at that through rose-colored glasses. And if that's the case, you owe it to yourself to pull them off and look again at the lie of, if I could just blank, I'd be happy. Okay, moving on. Next on the list of lies we tell ourselves is, if she really knew me, she wouldn't like me. And on the surface, I think this lie seems like it might stem from feelings of guilt or shame, and to some degree, it probably does. But I think it's also an opportunity to ask, are you assuming that person won't like you because you don't like you? Because, you know, if you were told you're too high maintenance, you're too loud, you're too demanding, you're too anything, your internal messaging might have translated that to mean that you're unlikable or unlovable. And spoiler alert, everyone is too something at some point, And it doesn't mean that we're bad or unlovable as a human. That part of us might get on someone else's nerves. Maybe that part of us needs some awareness or some tweaking or maybe even some healing, but it doesn't make us useless or worthless. But let's take it a little deeper. Is it possible you feel that way because you need to forgive yourself for something? If this is you and you're carrying around some big, heavy, ugly, loud, stinky bag of shame and guilt because of something you did or didn't do, how about we just stop and sit for a second and unpack that a little bit? The thing you feel guilt and shame for, is it something you did once or for a while, like a long time ago? Maybe you can't change or fix it now, but can you acknowledge the growth that's taken place within you since then? And if you can see that, have you grown since then in understanding and maturity to the point that that behavior isn't something you would choose again if the circumstances were the same? Is your heart different now than it was then? Is your head space? And 
if the thing that you feel bad about is something that you actually do consistently now and you don't like it, but it feels like you can't tame it, dig into what's causing it and ask for help if you need it. Shame dies when stories are told in safe places, my friend. I'm curious. How much does your back hurt from carrying all those weapons that you use against yourself? Can you spend some time measuring yourself, your worth, your value differently? Because judging and shaming yourself isn't helping you at all. It actually keeps you stuck running in circles where you're eventually going to get dizzy and throw up. And if you ever try to move forward with that same kind of energy and attitude about yourself, you are not going to get anywhere because you're always going to think that that's all you're worthy of. And that's not true. Okay. Continuing on, another lie we tell ourselves is, I failed. Did you really fail? Or did you just find something that didn't work or fit that thing at this time? And if it didn't go your way now, does that mean it never will? Is it binary? Are the only options success or failure? Or is there maybe room for anything else in between? And what happens when one thing fails but then it spurs success in another area or on another level. Can failure ever be good? Or to put it another way, can good ever come from failure? I mean, we've all heard the phrase blessing in disguise. So with that in mind, could we then consider that everything has potential to become good, even if it doesn't look that way at first? Are you limiting yourself by classifying everything as strictly one way or the other? And can something ever be both good and bad at the same time? Like, if you set your friend up on a blind date and it was a complete disaster, but being on that date made her realize that she was open to, you know, finding somebody to spend time with more than she realized, and then she joined, joined a dating app and ultimately found her person, was the initial date a failure or a success? Was it a successful failure? And are you willing to consider that success and failure are subjective and prone to the emotions that we catch because of our own expectations? Could our expectations be closing us off to some possibilities? Okay, there you go. What'd you think? Did you find that? Was that helpful at all? Even if you tell yourself different lies than the ones I mentioned, I hope the questions that I asked prompt you to explore the ones you do tell yourself so that you can become more aware and have a better understanding of maybe what emotional needs you have that need to be met either by you or someone else or how you can express your needs and your feelings in a healthy way that serves you and your relationships and helps you be your best self. The lies we tell ourselves is one part of the framework in my coaching program, and my clients recognize some of them instantly, and others reveal themselves over time. So keep that in mind. It's actually pretty dope. All right, that's all for now. Talk to you next time. Okay, that's all I've got for you this time. If you want to see if my coaching program can help you, you can set up a Blue Skies call with me to learn more. It's free. I am not high pressure. I'm not going to badger you. We just have a conversation. You tell me the things you need, what you're looking for, and I tell you what I do to help people and how my program might work with you. If they match up, great. 
If they don't, all you've lost is an hour of your time. Link is in the show notes. Talk to you next week.